Welcome to episode 34 of the Clown Chat Podcast. We are back with another solo episode from the road. I'm not, you know, I I haven't done one of these solo pods in a while. I've been writing on my blog instead. Check that out at jacobnbablog.wordpress.com, of course. Um, I've been doing stuff on there, but I'm not sure I'm going to have time to write on the blog this week otherwise and so I want to kind of get these takes out there and kind of have a discussion on what we're going to be talking about today on the podcast and uh, I you know it's important to get that out if I, if I have time to write an article it's going to be uh, about you know week two picks probably I'll try to get something out on that later this week but I really uh, I really want to uh, be able to have this discussion. Um, so, and what we're going to talk about today is just basically buying and selling overreactions from week one of the NFL season. It was a wild week one, a lot of shit happened, and I think it's important that we talk about it and just go kind of go through things and kind of go through what we think is legit and what is not. Because remember, Certainly some of what we saw week one, some of these, you know, whatever surprises happen, they may be for real. You may have and you may have one game where you may have have to determine kind of, you know, okay, is it because this team is worse than we thought, or is it because this other team is better than we thought? You know, there's those sorts of things going on. And then there's also the well, it could just be a random ass thing. Like remember last year, the for example, the, the Jaguars beat the Colts week one. And it was this big upset. Um, at, it, it, it was seen as like, hmm, that's kind of an interesting thing. That seems like a pretty big upset to me. Yeah, that's interesting. Keep an eye on that. Well, because if we all thought Jacksonville was going to be pretty bad and it was going to be pretty good. Well, you know, even after that game, if Jacksonville lost their next 15 games... And Indianapolis uh, went 11 and five and made the playoffs, and you know was very close to knocking off the Bills. So in, in the wild card round, so sometimes random shit does happen in Week One, and sometimes a, a result is just nothing. You know, it's just it's just a a random thing. But you know, it's important to kind of go through what could be for real as well. So that's what we're gonna do. Um, and I think we have to start here. We have to start with whatever the hell happened in that Saints-Packers game. And uh, credit to Bill Simmons for this. I listened to his pod, and he came up with this take, so I'm kind of stealing it from him. So I just want to give Bill Simmons proper credit. I would definitely recommend uh, listening to his football pods every Monday. Uh, very enlightening stuff. Um the Packers should have traded Aaron Rodgers. That is an overreaction that I buy. Because it is clear that that whole thing is a shit show. Aaron Rodgers is not invested in that team. And they've hit their peak, I think. Um, now, I did not come into the season thinking, oh, you know, Green Bay is the top threat to Tampa Bay in the NFC. No, I, I, I've been, I was consistent that I think the top threat to Tampa Bay will come from the NFC West. But I thought the, the, because those NFC West teams are going to sit there and beat each other up in the standings, well, you know, the Packers will still get the second seed, you know, and maybe they lose in the divisional round or something. You know, I, well, I don't know about that. I mean, it is... Uh, and, and look, we'll, we'll get to this to the Saints a little. Well, okay, so we should probably just know that. So, an overreaction that I'm going to... S- this is tough, because the Saints were as polarizing as anyone in the preseason. I was very adamant that they were going to be worse than expected. I... This is kind of one that I'm going to go half and half on, because while I do think that they are not a good that good of a team... I, I have to give them the credit that, like, okay, they're probably going to be second in the, NS, in the NSC South. I thought they wouldn't be, but the Falcons looked like shit, and 
the Panthers looked unimpressive beating one of the worst teams in football. So, I mean, we'll see. Saints-Panthers could be big. If the Panthers end up winning that game, then, 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 then you know, forget that and we'll be in on the Panthers. But, um, yeah, so I, I'm going to have to go. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Saints played well. But I think there's more about the Packers. Like, it was just the Saints took advantage of opportunities. And just, you know, credit to them for not, like, you know, we know Winston has a pick problem. And, um, you know, he didn't throw any. And so good good for good for them. I mean, they they, they played winning they played winning football. But, you know, we're going to have to see kind of going forward what that looks like. So I'm going to kind of couch that a little bit. I, I, I guess for now I would say I'm going to sell... That I'm going to sell that the Saints are one of the seven playoff teams. I'll put it that way. I'm going to sell that the Saints are one of the seven playoff teams. We'll, 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 because I don't want to sit on the fence here. So we're going to sell that. We're just going to come up with that and we're going to sell it. So back to the Packers. Like, and their defense was so bad too. Like, they tried to bring in the... the uh, they're trying to implement basically the defensive system that the Rams ran last year. And, like, it looked like a disaster. So, I mean, I don't know what's going up there, what's going on up there. I do know that the Aaron Rodgers thing is just a distraction at this point. We all know he's not finishing his, you know, his career in Green Bay. Like, they should have just stopped being stubborn, just ripped off the Band-Aid, taken the ninth pick from Denver and other stuff, and just moved on. Like... They, 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 you know, put Jordan Love in, move on, you know. Just, just, just go forward with your team because Aaron Rodgers and, and, and the Packers is not a marriage that's going to work anymore. It, it, it's it's a messy situation, and I, it, I, I was not sure that the dysfunction would seep out onto the football field, but it's clear that I, it, that it is, and um. That's going to segue into our next thing. I buy that the NFC East is not one of the worst two divisions in football. Now, we all know that the NFC East was clowned last year, deservedly so, in one of the worst divisions in football history. Because it was. Let's, you had a 7-9 team win it. I mean... That goes without saying. Started a bunch of different quarterbacks, most of whom were bad. Like it goes without saying. Um, but I don't think that's one of the two worst divisions in football right now. I think that both the AFC South and the NFC North are worse. And because we're we're on the Packers, we're gonna stick with the NFC North. Let's go through this division. Let's go through how bad this division is. So. On the bottom, you have Detroit, who's one of the worst teams in football. We don't need to go into them. Um, frankly, they overachieved doing as well as they did on, uh, you know, against the Niners. But you know that Jared Goff pick six. Get ready for more of those. More are coming. He is not finished with his pick sixes. Um, so then you have Chicago, blown out by the Rams. Look, didn't look good on either side of the ball. I, you know, I know the Rams are good, but like. I just don't see a way that this Bears team is good. Is it really any good? Um, then you have Minnesota and whatever the hell they did against Cincy. I mean, my God. And shame on me. I'm an idiot. I have to cell phone here. Like, why did I pick Minnesota to make the playoffs? Why did I do that? What was going through my mind? Like, I would like to know what was going through my mind that made me decide that. Because it was a terrible pick. And I'll get to who I now think is probably going to be, you know, be there in a second. It has to do with this takeaway. Um, with, with, with this uh, overreaction. So, like, yeah. I mean, Minnesota looks like a, a complete mess, too. Uh, we all know... You know, the Mike Zimmer situation, I've always thought that he's, like, a good coach, but it really does seem to be kind of uh, falling off there. And um, I... That team's not going in a positive direction, but they have a hard schedule. 
and they lost one of their most winnable games. I don't think that team is going to be any good. I don't. They, they convinced me that they're not going to be any good. Um, which is too bad because they have some talent, frankly. Um, but they need... Kirk Cousins is probably run its course at quarterback and they need, you know, it sounds like they may need a leadership change, which is, you know, kind of sad because I've, again, I've always liked Mike Zimmer. I think he's a good coach, but but it is worn out his welcome a little bit. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so so that's three that are out. So frankly, the Packers, even if the Packers really disappoint, they're going to have to work to not win this division. They're going to have to really not want to win this division if so if if somebody else is going to take it from them because none of these teams are even capable. So, I mean, I just uh, this 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 could be just an absolutely dreadful division this year. Um, and then you have the AFC South. I mean, you have Tennessee. You know, I get Tennessee and Indy. You know, we'll see. Because they did have to play the NFC West. And the NFC West is, you know, a lot of really good teams over there. But, uh, you know, we didn't see... I mean, it's just the way they lost. Like, again, if Tennessee had lost a close game to Arizona, I'd be like, okay. You know, it's Arizona. Arizona could be a good team. Um, but, like, Chandler Jones, five sacks. Kyler Murray just going off. The Titans' offense, which is supposed to be their strength, not knowing what the hell they're doing against a defense that, frankly, doesn't have great corner, a great corner situation. You know, when you've got Julio Jones and A.J. Brown on your, like, I don't know. The, the Tennessee thing is, uh, you know, they may have had their window, and, you know, credit to them. Like, they have tried to play to their window with, like, you know, they know that with Derrick Henry in his prime, now, or maybe not now, maybe his problems passed, but, like, you have Trevor Lawrence down there in Jacksonville who's going to, you know, eventually, as long as they can do a semi-competent team surrounding him, a semi-competent job surrounding him, you know, him with talent on that team, he'll probably take over this division eventually, like... So Tennessee playing to their window, give them credit. They go out and trade a second for Julio, but um, you know their window may have passed. It might have been uh, last year and the year before. Um, like it's just uh, you know not impressive stuff for them. And then Indy, I mean Carson Wentz didn't look quite as bad as he did in Philly last year, but like it wasn't great. Certainly a downgrade over Philip Rivers and. Um, you know, again, no one on that indie offense is really... I mean, who on that indie offense is really strikes fear into you as a defense? There's a lot of good pieces, but, like, there isn't that guy. Defensively, I feel like it's the same thing besides maybe DeForest Buckner. So, and Seattle, you know, kind of had their way with them a little bit. So, you know, the Colts line, which has been such a strength for a while, you know... When you have to dip down to your third left tackle, sometimes things aren't great. And Carson Wentz is not someone who you want to have a third string left tackle, you know, with. So it's, I can't say I'm loving what the Colts did. I'm sorry. The Texans won, but they're still bad. And, and the Jaguars are clearly bad too. So like either the Colts or the Titans is, is probably going to find themselves with this division, even though this may be, again, I don't think Green Bay is going to have a losing record even after, sun, you know, what they did on Sunday. I, I just don't think they're going to stoop to that low. They might win the division at 9-8 and eight or 10-7. or 10 and seven. I think the AFC South, this is the division that could be last year's NFC East. This is a bad, bad, bad garbage division. These teams are not good. Um, so, I think the NFC East, you look at it, I think it's better than those two divisions. Um, because you have an overreaction that I buy is 
Dallas is a threat here, at least to make the playoffs. And I was not... Yeah, it was a coin flip for me between Minnesota and Dallas. I went with Minnesota. I regret that. So, I mean, it's going to be fascinating here. And it would not surprise me if more than one of these teams goes to the playoffs. So, let's cross off the Giants, first of all. The Giants don't have a quarterback. Daniel Jones is bad. And you need some sort, some form of a quarterback to win unless you have, like, a, a, a game-changing defense. Which, the Giants have a very good defense, but it's not game-changing. So... Um, you know, the Giants need a new quarterback. If they get a new quarterback, then maybe they can make some of the rest of their roster work. But um, it's going to be fascinating. Like, I know Washington lost to the Chargers, but the Chargers are probably good. So it's not like they lost anyone bad. Yeah, I know Fitzpatrick got hurt. Yeah, I know their injury situation is not ideal. But Taylor Heineke has played well when called upon. If he has to play six weeks, you know, whatever. They can manage that. And at the end of the day, it's going to be a fascinating race between Washington and Dallas. Because both teams have an elite unit. The Dallas offense proved against Tampa. They are elite. They are for real. They are very good. Washington's defense... Also really freaking good. Chase Young is an amazing, amazing player. And then they've all got, of course, Washington's O, Dallas is the, you know, an average to probably a little bit below average unit on their roster. This might come down to coaching. And to me, Ron Rivera is going to lap circles around Mike McCarthy. Like, it is just not even close, the, the, the matchup there. Just not even close. So, I still am going to lean with Washington. I know why people are going to jump on Dallas. And by the way, I think both these teams right now are making the playoffs. Like, whoever loses this will, will be the number seven seed. Um, I, I, I think both of these teams get in. Because the NFC is just not deep, and I'm not liking some of these other teams. So, uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm going with both both of these teams to get in. Um, you know, I, I, that's where I'm at. And, and also, I want to say, too, on the NFCs, I would... And this is surprise. You know, this is going to be another overreaction that we're buying. Because... Um, and that's the Eagles. The Eagles... Is the Eagles' performance, you know, a sign of things to come? Or is it, um, you know, just a, a flash in the pan? I... I'm not going to sit here and call this, this Eagles team good. But when I said they were, like, the fourth worst team in football in, in the preseason, I was probably a little harsh. And some of my reservations has come from, you know, their coach, their new coach, Nick Sirianni. He has not seemed, you know, quote-unquote, with it at times. He's, you know, had some puzzling speeches to the media. Um, You know, it's really given off an unfavorable impression. But, like, at the end of the day, it matters what you do on the field. So not, not what people like me think about you going in. And, you know, you have to give the guy credit. He did a really good job coaching that that game off, you know, from an offensive standpoint. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts had a lot of easy throws. Played well. So, Hurts is probably the second best quarterback in the division right now behind Dak Prescott. I think that's safe to say. Um, I mean, they've got talent at the skill positions. Devontae Smith looked great his first game. Their offensive line did a good job. And their defense, like, I was so concerned about their defense going in. And they held Atlanta, who was supposed to be a good offensive team, to under 10 points. So, like, we'll see if the problem is really, like, Atlanta's offense. It may be. But if that, if they can play close, even anywhere close to that going forward... I think the ceiling of this team changes. I, I think it does. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to pick them for anything. 
but I'm gonna say they could. It is not inconceivable that the Eagles could get into the mix. Like I think I've been sleeping a little bit on them this whole time, to be honest with you. Because I've always liked Jalen Hurts. I think he's a good. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback. I do. I don't think he's like gonna ever be like a top five player at the position or anything. But I think he's a good, serviceable player who can help you win. He can be average to a little bit above, at least, for sure, I think. I'm, I'm a Jalen Hurts fan, so, like, dude, I, you know, I, I wouldn't discount this Eagles team. I, I don't think, I'm not going to pick them, but, man, I don't think you can entirely rule out a shocking, because think about it, you know, last place team usually wins a division at least once. So you have to go through the candidates. Um, Jacksonville out, Jets out. Those just aren't happening. Um, Broncos will get to that division, but I think because of the Chiefs, you have to rule them out. Um, Bengals, I would say, given the caliber of some of those teams in the AFC North, that's out. I'd say, who got it in the NFC South? Oh, I think Panthers. Or no, Falcons. Yeah, oh, that's out. Not in the Bucks division, are you kidding me? Then you have, uh, you have Detroit. That's out, obviously. So that leaves two teams. So you have the Niners, who are a very plausible candidate for this. Obviously, in the NFC, even though it's the NFC West, the Niners are good enough. And then you've got the Eagles. So, I would not discount the Eagles um, going forward. It's going to be, they play the Niners this week. It's going to be fascinating to, to follow that game. And just see, like, you know, let's see how they do against the Niners. Even though they, they, they may lose and they should lose. They're not as good as the Niners. But let's see how close it is. Are the Niners winning by a field goal? Is it a close game? Did the Eagles put a scare into them? Or is it like a 20-point blowout where the Eagles weren't really competitive? I think Sunday could go, you know, could it's still early, but, you know, if the Eagles are, you know, have a shot, you know, it'd be, I think Sunday's the day we might get another glimpse of why they might. So. That's where we're, uh, that's where we're at with that. Um, so overreaction that I'm going to sell is any concern about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they, the Bucs, look, they had a lot of shit go wrong. They fumbled the ball a lot. They were sloppy. You know, they played sloppy. And they had, you know, their own, the Bucks roster is so deep that there are only a few positions where, like, an injury is going to cripple the Bucs. And they had, they just happened to in game one. And it's lucky because Sean Murphy Bunning is going to be back. He's going on short-term IR, but he's going to be back, you know, before the end here. But, you know, corner is a position where, you know, as is with a lot of teams. But, you know, there are a lot of teams that are, you know, are not deep enough a corner that want more corner help. Um, It's just a common problem around the league. You know, some of these receivers that have been coming out these last few years, you know, they really need to start playing corner from, from, you know, that's why all, all these NFL dads have, have their sons, you know, the receivers like Joe Horn and the corners like Patrick Sertan Sr. Like they've all got their kids, you know, whether they're receiver or corner, they're all playing corner because, you know, that's where the, you know, if you can cover, that's what the NFL needs right now. And, so that was a position for the Bucks where that was one of the few positions where, like, 
an injury was going to cause like a noticeable drop off. Like outside linebacker, okay, you lose JPP. Guess what? Your first shot pick is coming. Oh, you lose a receiver. Oh well, who cares? Because you still have two of Evans, Godwin, and Brown, and you just run more two tight end or Scotty Miller or whatever. Like they're so deep that you have to really work to find spot. And Sean Murphy running going down, you know it was it hurt, it hurt them because they don't have the guy to replace him. So it's a real drop off. And all being considered. All things considered, they still won because a certain greatest football player to ever play named Tom Brady plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, I would not be worried. And and look, I think it was more about the Dallas offense being good than anything Tampa did, too. I mean... Tampa would have had that game easily if it weren't for the fumbles. They'll get that cleaned up. And, um, you know, I'm just still really bullish on Tampa. I I know the opener didn't go as planned for them, but um, they still won. And I just, I think this is the heavy favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. I do. I don't see, I, I just don't see a scenario where they're not holding that trophy again. I really, I really, it's hard for me to envision because of just of how great of a team that is. So I'm gonna sell any, any Tampa over, you know, any any Tampa overreactions in terms of, you know, oh they're not the best team in the in the NFC, oh they're not going back to the Super Bowl. Like no, I still believe they. Um, so I'm trying to think. Okay, so let's. Shift. Let's shift to the AFC then, um, where we have an overreaction that I'm going to buy, and that is the Cleveland Browns are are on the level of the Kansas City Chiefs. I think I buy this, and it's going to sound a little nuts because you know, oh, Patrick Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield. Well. Man, the Browns played that game on Sunday really well. Kevin Stefanski coached a great game. He, you know, he understood that you can't play normal. It's the same sort of shit that teams used to do to the Patriots when they had Tom Brady. Like, you can't just like go in with like a normal plan and think it's gonna just work for you. You have to take calculated aggressive risks to boost your chances of the upset. So Stefanski, you know, he went he went for it aggressively on fourth down. Um, you know, the Browns had a, you know, the pass rush was really getting after uh, Patrick Mahomes. Like um, you know, I know the Chiefs have that new offensive line, but, you know, it's going to take some time to gel. Or In Orlando Brown, we don't know still if he's going to be a good, like, left tackle in that pass-heavy offense. Maybe he was just somebody who was a better fit for a run-oriented offense. Um, you have, of course, Miles Garrett is going to be not the person you want to face when you're dealing with that. And then... Obviously, Mahomes said Mahomes stuff, but like the cheat, the, um, the what am I saying? The Browns' offense, like you know, they're balanced. They've got a lot of weapons, and it's all going to come down to Baker Mayfield. If he can do his part, then look out because the Cleveland Browns are the team besides the Kansas City Chiefs, and I would still say. Kansas City has to be considered the favorite at this point. But it's no slam dunk. And uh, it's going to be a fascinating thing to see kind of how things go in the regular season with those teams. And um, Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fascinating. Um, but count me in as a believer in Cleveland. Um, I was very impressed by, you know, I know they lost, but like, 
the process was good and it felt like a game anyone could win. And if they can just take that same energy into the playoffs, then, you know, we'll have a classic, you know, playoff game between these two teams. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, we'll see what happens there. So, next up... Crap, so who don't... Alright, so, next up we'll do... The Ravens. I buy that this is a disaster for the Baltimore Ravens. This whole season is a disaster for that team. And I feel desperately sorry for them because a lot of it's injury cause. They don't deserve that. No one no one deserves to get injured, man. I mean it's just it just sucks. Um so I feel for the Ravens, I really do. Um but at the end of the day I gotta look at the cold hard facts here, and they are that the Ravens have a hard schedule. Although the NFC North potentially pissing all over itself um, helps them, but after but you've got the AFC West, yuck. You got that your own division, not great. The Rams are your extra NFC game. You have. Well, the Dolphins and Colts is not, like, the hardest in the world as far as the extra AFC games, but, like, I don't know. (laughs) They lost all their running backs. They lost Marcus Peters at corner. I mean... just a mess, man. I mean, I don't know what else to say. You know, Rashad Bateman, their first-round rookie, is still hurt. So, and of course, then they go play Vegas in Vegas last night. And they lose. So, how am I, how is anyone supposed to have any confidence right now in this Baltimore team? I don't. I don't have confidence in them at all, and, you know, I think this is going to be a real tough experience for Lamar Jackson, and hopefully he'll learn something from this season, but I'm going to be blunt. I think the Ravens are the third best team in a division that is only going to send one team to the playoffs. Yeah, only one team. You heard that You heard that right. Um, and I did get this in before the season started. I did change my pick from Baltimore is a wild card in the AFC to the Denver Broncos. So I'm all set there. I didn't, you know, it's not like the Dallas Minnesota one where I'm just like, oh my God, I got that wrong already. <laughs> but no, I, I had adjusted that before the season started because it was uh, just apparent that the Ravens were going to have problems. And um, this was just really too bad. Um, but yeah, so obviously, you know, the AFC North is, you know, frequently one of the best divisions in the NFL, but. This year, I think they're only set in one of the playoffs. And I don't think that one's going to be the Ravens. I don't think that one's going to be the Steelers either. We'll get to them in a second. Um, I, it's going to be the Browns. The Brown, I'm telling you, the Browns are the team to watch besides the Chiefs in the AFC this year. They're, they, they're for real. And they're really good. Now... Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, and, and uh, again, this is going to be another kind of overreaction um, that, that we're gonna we're gonna refute. We're gonna, we're gonna not buy this one, and that is that the game on Sunday showed that the Pittsburgh Steelers are you know, are gonna completely just defy expectations of their demise, and you know just definitely make the playoffs and be a threat to go to the Super Bowl and all this stuff and I'm not I'm gonna sell all of this I'm, all of this I'm gonna sell this every action uh, you know credit to them they played well against Buffalo but you know again it because Pittsburgh has an antiquated inaccurate view of what drives running the football in the NFL they, right they spend this first round pick on, on a running back don't really do enough to fix their offensive line and lo and behold, 
their first round running back, you know, puts up really weak numbers because on the old the line isn't good enough. I mean, so it's just I don't think they have that grasp. It's just an organization that's a little too set in its ways sometimes. And uh you know, it's certainly a deal where um Like, you've got to just modernize with the times on that and get with modern thinking. And, and then maybe, you know, if they'd invested, spent their first couple picks on offensive line help instead of skill guys, you know, maybe they'd you know, be in a in better shape right now. But, you know, it's, uh, it was their decision. You know, but the margin was actually the block punt. So, you now, you, look, you have to give... That Pittsburgh offense, I mean, I mean, it's not the Pittsburgh offense, hell no. The Pittsburgh defense, you have to give the Pittsburgh defense a lot of credit. A lot of credit. Because they did some real great work with that Buffalo offense that, you know, really had its way with a lot of teams last year. You know, they did a great job. Um, defending the Bills' offense. And we'll get to the Bills in a second with some AFC East uh, stuff. But, you know, again, like, the margin was the block punt. Steelers' offense was still pretty unimpressive. Like, I don't know. I think maybe that could have been more about the team the Steelers were playing than the Steelers themselves. So, you know, I know Raleigh's going to be listening to this and he's going to think I'm an idiot, but, like, at the end of the day... Just it is what it is. There's a changing of the guard in the NFL. The AFC North is not what it used to be. And the teams that are going to be... Well, the Ravens and the Browns in good years can be, but those are going to be the teams competing. It's not going to be the Steelers. So, I don't think, unless they they pull a shocker, this is an overreaction that I'm going to sell. So that takes us to the AFC East and segues into the Steelers week one opponent, the Buffalo Bills. I buy that this division is in play. Yes, you heard that right. I buy that this division is in play. I buy that the Bills are not a lock to win this division. Man, that that we I know it's one game, but that has to be concerning if you're the Bills. Their line struggled a bit. They couldn't really run the ball. Way too much pressure on Josh Allen to do everything. We'll see how that holds up against, you know, the team, teams that are even better than the Steelers. And their defense was fine. It wasn't great. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this uh, of this Buffalo team. They still have a chance, obviously. I'm, I'm not discounting them. They still have to be the favorites, but like, I can't go. I, I can't say that at this point it's some lock that the Bills are going to win this division. And that brings us to um, New England, Miami. The, the Jets are, you know. The Jets are a dumpster fire. They're not. They're not in this at all. Um, but this New England Miami game, you know, the Patriots lost. But I think this is one where you have to look at the process over the result. And a perfect example of because wonky stuff can happen in, in these division games sometimes. And maybe it'll happen again, and maybe it'll you know, end up mattering too much in the standings. But, like, let's look at the process here. Like, and I'm going to go back to last year and tell you what happened last year with the Patriots-Dolphins rivalry. So, the Patriots and Dolphins played in week one last year at in Gillette, just like they did this time. The Patriots won, beat Miami in, in that week one game. But after that... So the Patriots were 1-0 after that game. 6-9 the rest of the season, including a loss in Miami. 
And then the Dolphins, you know, they're ten and five for the rest of the season, and they beat the Patriots in Miami. So that just goes to show you right there that a week one game between the Patriots and the Dolphins doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot, you know, in terms of like the win loss result. It doesn't. So looking at that, I'm looking at the process here, and I see a New England team that. If it could have stu- if it could have not made mistakes, way outplayed the Dolphins. All the Patriots had to do was not fumble the ball away and not not do you know commit so many penalties and not um not you know score better in the red zone. They had to score better in the red zone. Obviously, but like they're beating Miami if they do those things. It was not about anything else, I don't think. And I will tell you, I would rather lose that way than just have the play not be good enough, especially with, with the rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. So, you, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged today because I feel like what we did wrong is fixable. It's not necessarily going to happen again. Bill Belichick teams just don't do that. So, I feel like it's going to be fixed and... This is going to sound super homerish and super weird, but I'm more confident the Patriots can actually not just win a wild card, but win the division today than I was before the game, just off of what happened with the Bills yesterday and our opponent in, in, the, in the Dolphins game. Like, yeah, Miami won, but Mac Jones way outplayed Tua. It wasn't close. Tua... Yeah, they had schemed up some some good, easy throws for him that worked a lot because Stephon Gilmore wasn't there, right? So you have that hole that they're able to exploit. But, like, again, they scored... Well, one of their scores there, you know, off of the turnover. And just, like... I mean, I just don't think Tua's got it, man. Like, he's good on his first read, but after his first read is covered up, like, he was awful. I mean, you heard the way J.C. Jackson talked after the game. He was like, yeah, basically, you know, we know to look for Tua to just kind of throw it up after his first read is covered. Like, that doesn't seem scream franchise quarterback to me. I don't know if it does to anyone else, but not to me. So I'm just not a believer in Tua at all. Like, I just don't think he's it. I don't think he's it, man. I really, I really do not think that Tua Tagovailoa is a franchise quarterback in the NFL. I don't. So, yeah, Miami got the win against the Patriots, but how am I supposed to have faith in them long term if I don't believe in their quarterback? Whereas you look at a guy like Mac Jones and the Patriots today, they'll get their stuff cleaned up. And man, they look they look like they can be really good. Um, they look like they can be really good. And, and between and then with the Bills, it's going to be interesting, you know? Can they rebound from that loss to Pittsburgh? So, I do think two, two teams from this division, my guess is still Buffalo and, and New England, um, will make the playoffs. Miami out because again you can't rely on Tua like but this is going to be a fascinating division to track obviously next week you have two division games Patriots and Jets that'll be a good chance for New England to you know get you, you, you know correct their issues they had with the Dolphins and then the Dolphins Dolphins and Bills is a massive game um, it's going to be fascinating to see who can take that game Obviously, if Miami wins, 
that's the sort of thing that could really propel them to, so, to heights, you know, that I don't expect them to go to because um, yeah, they'd be 2-0, and the Bills would be 0-2, they'd have tiebreakers over both the Pats and the Bills, like, that's the sort of thing that could really push them. But I don't expect that to happen. I think the uh, the Bills are the better team. They'll win that game. And, you know, we'll have three one-on-one teams and an 0-2 team after two weeks. But, yeah, I do think, you know, this division is going to end up being... Because they have an easy schedule. They have the NFC South, which is not that good besides Tampa. They have the AFC South, which is dreadful. Um, I feel like both the Pats and the Bills, at least, should go 4-0 in that division. You know, 4-0 in those games. Um... I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's an excuse to lose any one of those games. To be honest, the way things are looking, so um, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I am a uh, you know again the the Patriots. Look out, man! They're going to be really freaking good when this is all said and done. I'm just telling you. You heard it here first. Um, so where to go next? Um, Yes. It's not okay. Oh right, right, right. Okay, so we'll go here next, and I think I have about I, I, I have uh kind of hit on every division I think besides the West ones. I haven't done a ton of that, so. I'm just going to, we'll just do this. Um, I am going to buy that six of the eight NFC and AFC West teams are in the playoffs. Three from each. I'm going to buy it. I mean, they're all 1-0 right now. They all look really good to varying degrees. Now, obviously, you know, the odds of all four getting in 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 a division are not great because they're all going to be cannibalizing each other's records. So that's going to be a whole thing. Um, so, but, like, these teams are all good, man. Um, and especially in the, in the AFC, you've got Kansas City, obviously, and then the Chargers and the Broncos. You know, count me in on those teams. Um, and the Raiders didn't look bad in their opener either. Now, do I think it's... Do I think they have the, the, you know, as good of a team as the other three in that division, and that's going to hurt them? You know, sure, but, um, you know, credit where credit's due. They came out and balled, you know, on Monday Night Football. And and the, we all know how good the NFC West is. Again, you have to look at Arizona as probably the weak point, but, like, they're probably going to go 500. So, and, and, and those other three teams are really freaking good. I mean, Seattle's off to a really nice start, and obviously, the 49ers and the Rams, to me, are the teams that are going to ch- you know challenge Tampa, as anyone does. So, um, I, I buy that that those divisions are as good as, as, as we saw. I think, and I think those teams are all going to be better than what their record ends up being. That it's just going to be, you know, them... They're going to have to beat up on each other within the divisions. So it's going to be some fascinating football. I'm looking forward to seeing some more of these, uh, you know, division rivalries out there as the season uh, kind of progresses a little bit. Um, obviously, no division games yet because they're all 1-0. But once that starts, it's going to be fascinating. It really is going to be fascinating to watch. So, uh... Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're about to wrap things up. Just look again. Um, just, I know we lost, but as a Patriots fan, seeing Mac Jones look the way he looked uh, is just amazing because the Patriots have found their next franchise quarterback. They've got him. He's in the building. He's, he's there. He's on the field. He's there. They've got, they've got the guy. And that is, you know, one of the most important things you can do as an NFL team. And, um, you know, credit to them for 
identifying him and you know gambling correctly that he would fall to them in the draft. Man, there are so many teams that have got to be kicking themselves over that right now, over just not trading up aggressively enough or, or just not picking Mac Jones. Like, so many teams have got to be regretting that. Because this kid can play, and he's the perfect quarterback for the Patriots. Just his demeanor, his attitude, his character off the field. Like, they got, the guy's got it all, and um, he's, accurate, he's accurate, he's poised under pressure. I mean, just the stats of him under pressure versus Tua in that game is like, oh my God, just not even close. So they just got to step up a little bit around um, Mac. I mean, it would be nice if they, one thing they need to do, they need J.J. Taylor up for a game two. Um, he should be active. If you're going to redshirt Ramondre Stevenson or, or, or you're going to shelve him after he fumbles, that's fine. But, like, he shouldn't be active then. Just give him a week off. You know, if you don't think he's ready, stick J.J. Taylor in. Because J.J. Taylor is a little spark plug. And, um, you know, he can really provide a change of pace. So, put him in because Damian Harris, you know, you don't want to overwork him. Don't want him to you know, lose any more fumbles or anything like that. So, um, you know, hopefully it's a learning experience for everyone. And, uh, again, they've got all the ability. Um, they just need to step up a little bit. Don't make as many mistakes around back, and they'll be fine. And obviously, having the Jets next week should help. They'll be one and one beyond something crazy. So then it's just going to come to after that. That Saints game is going to be big in terms of you know setting the tone for the year because after that you've got uh, you've got Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not going to be easy. So. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, it's uh. It's going to be a fascinating season, and uh, you know, I, thought, I just thought it was important to do this podcast, kind of discuss some of these things, and thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back soon. Have a great night.